0: to Bound by Books. I'm Tina Moss, author of Sci-Fi Romance, and I'm joined today by
1: Sherry Hayes, and I am author of Contemporary and BDSM Romance. How
0: are you today, <laughs> Tina? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> but I, I think your, your comment before we started podcasting about needing a clone, um, yes, I would like to order five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm right there
1: with you. I'm right there with you i'm I'm I, I get I get torn between so many different uh like the hats that I have to wear. Mm-hmm. It seems like there's so many that are like they're part- time hats, but there's so many of them right you might as well be i mean you know every two is supposed to be a full- time job, right? So yeah, that
0: doesn't work like that part- time mm-hmm. actually just becomes full time and then full time becomes really overtime. <laughs>
1: It really, really does. Yeah, I uh, I ran in here from, because um, I've mentioned before, obviously the listeners who have, you know, been listening to us for a while um, may remember that my husband and I own a woodworking business and I literally ran in here with uh, no minutes to spare <laughs> before we were supposed to record this. So I was like, I had seven minutes to run around and, you know, get get myself prepped and ready to go and grab some water and um yeah so here we go
0: yeah I was (laughs) actually already had on the only reason I was early because all of our podcast hosts will know I am never early. I'm notoriously late. I am that person. And I apologize. Yes, you are. <laughs> I, I am. I'm that person. I'm always late. But I was I was 25 minutes early and I was very proud of myself. But the only reason I was early is because I was up in this absolute atrocity of an office that has I've been putting off for months and months cleaning it and it has only gotten perpetually worse after different cons that I've been to. So I tried to start cleaning it and then quickly realized that I was not going to have enough time to clean. So I sat back and I was like, you know what? I'm going to see if Sherry's early. And of course, you know, it was totally fine. Of course, I wasn't. I was late. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was like, oh my goodness. We got, it It had such a a lesson. It was just so weird. Like I just, well, first of all, I didn't get to sleep until 3am. I was up late writing. I wanted, yep. I was like, I'm getting this chapter finished uh, <laughs> before I go to bed. And of course, you know, it was giving me such fits mm-hmm. um, and I kept having to delete stuff and rewrite stuff. And, oh my you gosh. Know, flip Is that the one around. we're on deadline for right now?
0: Uh, I know you moved the deadline, but you were.
1: Yeah, I pushed the deadline back a month, but still it's still Let's a see. month and I, I'm only I think I'm at, I'm at 63,000 words. Oh my and, god, so
0: much time. That's funny.
1: And, funny oh, time. No, it's not. <laughs> I so don't write time. that fast. I don't write that fast. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was just, it was crazy because I was sitting there in a, and this is like the, this is the, uh, it's a, it's an age gap romance. So mm. the hero is much older and has adult children and she is, younger title for this one I do it's claiming his kiss nice so there's a 23 year age difference between the hero and the heroine and so um his kids just found out about her oh boy (laughs) that's
0: that's gonna be a good scene to write (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: yes so um yeah and um so anyway we're, we're having some little you know tension and fun with that but I was I wrote it one way and then I didn't like how it was playing out and it wasn't kind of going in the direction that I really, it just felt like it was just creating too much drama for what I wanted. Mm -hmm. So um, I kind of twisted it around and I thought about, um, again, I kind of, I was actually talking to, um, well, I wasn't really talking to, I was in a conversation on Facebook with uh, somebody who asked, is like, hey, authors, you know, do you, what do you do when um, you have like all these different storyline ideas? Like you're, mm-hmm. you're halfway through a story and you have all these different avenues that you can go down.
0: Mm-hmm. How do you
1: pick it? Like, how do you pick which one which you do? Like which ones you do and which ones you don't? And um, so that's kind of a situation. And I, I, was, I was sharing that my best advice is take a really long walk. Mm-hmm. And play those different scenes and storylines in your head, and also think think about not only the storylines but also your characters mm-hmm. and their backstories. So with this particular storyline, uh, and this particular child that was involved, who's not a child, adult child, um, I had to sit back and I'd be like, okay, let me think about who I've set this character up to be. Mm-hmm. And how would that shape their reaction
0: to the situation?
1: The situation, right? So, uh, again, had to rewrite. Oh, had to re- rewrite some oh stuff. Oh my gosh! And yeah, I I rewrote like the, like half the chapter.
0: <laughs> it's you know it's so funny because our our topic for today is talking about marketing a romance novel, right? Or ro- marketing mm-hmm. a romance in general it could be a series yeah. also, but we don't talk a lot about like the craft side of it. And I think so much of craft is also like marketing is such a conscious thing where I feel like craft sometimes is a subconscious thing where we have to Mm kind of let things like process and mull them over and, and think about them for a little while and, and sit on them. It's not always Mm -hmm. like you can immediately jump in and and pick the storyline. That's going to work for those characters. Sometimes it's just got to be like, okay, Let me think about this. Let my subconscious think about it. And then in the morning, I might have, you know, the answer to the question.
1: Mm -hmm. But you also need to think about that from a marketing perspective as well. Mm. So case in point, this particular, uh, this particular storyline, I've created this book around these two characters. I have to sit here and think, hmm, do I want to just keep it with these two characters or do I want to potentially set up a spinoff mm-hmm. for the children
0: good point yeah
1: because I have three children and you know that could make a nice little trilogy over here side trilogy that would be related which would be another way to enter my series mm-hmm. so when you're thinking about craft You really, it really does have to integrate into marketing, especially with romance, Uh, but really any, any genre, but romance kind of becomes a, I don't know, it it almost becomes a little more important because of how voracious the readers.
0: Yeah. And I think too, like when, when you're trying to figure out, okay, your author career, big picture, Mm -hmm. right? you want to plan things out in a way that's going to give you room to write. So if things work or don't work. So let's say, for example, with your current series, um, obviously this is an ongoing series, so you know the popularity of it and you therefore know that a, a spin-off trilogy would work as well. Um, but if you're not certain if a series is going to work, you need entry and exit points in and out of that series so that you could either continue it or you could get out of it and start something else. And like you said, also give readers different entry points into you as an author and your work. So if, they could, if I tomorrow, let's say, read Nothing By You and you wrote this trilogy mm-hmm. with the three characters and that was the first thing I saw by you, my immediate reaction is going to be after I've read them, oh, wait, there's another series that links to this? There's a spinoff series? Like, if, if I like it, obviously, I'm going to want to go and read that. So that's right. that's great from a marketing perspective too. Is that um, interconnectedness of the mm-hmm. things that you're writing?
1: Yeah, I mean, it really, it really does. Cre- um, when you're thinking of writing books, especially series, you really do have to be conscious of the whole big picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because you usually have two different types of people, in my opinion. You have people who are very detail oriented. Mm -hmm. And then you have people who are very big picture oriented. Yep. And when you're writing, when you're writing as a, an author and approaching this as a business from looking at from a marketing perspective, you really kind of have to do both. You have to be able to see both sides. You have to look at the details in your story and then you have to scale those up and say, what can I do with them? Mm -hmm. What, how can I Use those in from a marketing perspective to get the biggest bang for my buck? And is there something that I can put in my story that will make the marketing easier or more
0: effective? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. One of the things that I always suggest um, to authors and that I do myself is I always have an epilogue that is going to be the next hero or heroine of the next book so for example in aliens temptation which is the book that i just had come out i have an epilogue to for aliens hope which is the next book that i'm writing so if you haven't read that epilogue you can still read the next book no problem but it automatically gives the reader a place Mm -hmm. to go and a place to continue in the series i also in doing the sci-fi romance world plan things so that it makes sense in the order that the reader is reading. So let's say a an reader comes in in book four of a series. There's a lot of backstory that they may not know. So you have to kind of reintroduce, but not too much because you don't want to bog down the current story. You have to give just enough details so that the right. reader's not lost.
1: Yeah, you can't, You and that's where I think, again, where the craft and the marketing come together, because you have to, like you said, provide enough information so that the, any new readers are not lost, but you can't info dump in order to do that. Exactly. And for those who do not know what info dumping is, uh, if you've been writing for a while, I hope you do know what info dumping is. But if you're new and you don't know what info dumping is, it is essentially telling, like, just writing paragraph after paragraph after paragraph of the character's backstory or uh, background of the situation that they currently find themselves in. So you're setting up the story, but you're doing so and just you're literally just throwing all that information at your reader all at once. um, And that's really, really bad. I I, um, Unfortunately, I read something from an author friend of mine that they had written five years ago which was one of their first stories and I was like oh I don't know if I can get through this this is like this is just info dumping all Mm -hmm. like all right up and I was and it was losing me like I was totally losing interest and that's unfortunately what info dumping does and when you do it a lot of author new authors will do this in the first chapter of the story and it's the worst place to do it. If you are going to info dump any, like anywhere in your story, do not do it in the first three chapters.
0: Exactly. You really you know? want that information like speckled throughout the story so yes. that the reader is coming along on the journey and able to understand without having mm-hmm. like this just massive, here's all the information that you need. And that's essentially boring. And that really parallels to marketing too, mm-hmm. because in the same way, like when you're marketing a book, you don't want to give the reader everything. You don't want to tell them like, here's the beginning, middle and end of my story because then frankly, why do they have to go read it? You know, you think mm-hmm. of like trailers, like movie trailers, right? They give like the highlight points. They don't give you the whole movie, although some of them are becoming more like that. So don't think that's yeah. the best idea. You really want to sprinkle it for the reader and lead them into, you know, reading the book. You don't mm-hmm. want to just give everything over at once.
1: It, you really want it to be a teaser. Mm -hmm. I mean you you want it to be like you want to just give it just that little bit and it is a fine line Mm -hmm. it's just in and that does take a bit of trial and error on the author's part um, because I mean we're specifically talking romance today because that is our background but it is a little bit different in every genre like every genre is just a tad bit different as to what uh, you can tease with what you can't. For example, I know with my BDSM stuff, if I'm going to tease something, teasing something where it's, it's specifically showing the, um, the dominant sub dynamic, that's, that is appealing mm-hmm. to my readers. Right. Cause that's what they're looking for when they're coming to a BDSM romance. Um, that and the steam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but for you I would assume that a scene like that may not be as vastly appealing for your readers because your readers are more sci-fi oriented um it's interesting
0: it depends on so my books are very steamy (laughs) so there's definitely room for the for the steamy teasers Mm -hmm. but ironically one of the teasers that I had do the best is actually this um this moment in the book that's kind of climactic in the sense that you know it's they're they're standing down the enemy so to speak and the heroine insists on standing beside the hero like it's a very uh impactful moment in the story and I decided you know what I'm gonna let that's not a moment I would necessarily show but I said you know what I just want to see how this works I'm gonna I'm gonna show the the readers this teaser of what they're getting this dynamic scene and see what happens and that is actually more popular than my spicy teasers. So that was an interesting learning experience for me in marketing, in the sense that, like, oh, maybe some readers are really looking for that, that action-oriented scene over the spicy scenes.
1: I'm wondering if it was more the emotional impact and the overall for sure. like, what it meant. And I think that goes in line with the um like we we've talked about in the past about blurbs and making sure you're focusing on the emotion versus mm-hmm. the like step-by-step telling of the plot right or even the setup of the plot and that kind of goes with the, it's 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 providing that little teaser and trailers movie trailers do are supposed to do the same thing that's kind of the point of it there too that's why they use the the music that they do and the scenes that they do so that they're you know, they've got this ebb and flow, but it's to take you on an emotional journey Mm -hmm. so that by the time that you end that 30-second trailer, you are emotionally invested in wanting to find out what happens next. Right. How the story unfolds. So it's not any different when you're marketing a book, no matter Mm -hmm. what the genre is. Um let's talk specifically, since we're kind of focusing on romance today. Um, what is something that you would say, uh, marketing wise would be more geared towards romance versus any other genre, or is there one?
0: Well, I think right now, you know, everybody's talking about TikTok. A lot of people are like, I'm not sure if I want to use this platform. I don't know if I want to show my face. And the interesting thing about that is TikTok is such a multidimensional platform. That there are accounts that like just do page flips, meaning they show a video of pages of a book flipping and they put text over it. And that's it. That's the whole account. Um, Some of them will be aesthetic videos. Well, they'll show like this is the inspiration for my story and, and all different kinds of aesthetics with that. Some will do a candle in the background next to a book, and then it'll be text over the screen. So you can do a lot of things that are not based in in showing your face, but I do think even though there are different genres on TikTok that romance in particular, because talk is so heavily geared towards romance does really, really well. So from the perspective of marketing, You want to think about different platforms and what you can do on different platforms. So in the case of TikTok and also um, Instagram with their Instagram reels, you can do those types of videos where you take these poignant moments or these steamy moments, depending what you're trying to convey, boil them down to like four lines of text at most and put them over a visual. And that is your marketing platform. And that thing that's very specific to, to books in general, but to romance Mm -hmm. specifically. What about you, Sherry?
1: Yeah, I would say when you're, when you're doing romance, again, it's, it's a lot about the emotion you're, you're appealing your, your vast majority of the readers of romance are women and so you you kind of need to take that approach with with that when you're when you're considering your marketing uh again emotional appeals are very very things but think about what specifically appeals to women Mm -hmm. you don't want to do so i mean if you're if you're doing like this big fight scene that's probably not going to get you a whole lot. Well, I mean, um, unless
0: it's 300 and they're all shirtless and like that. Yeah, like,
1: that's a little bit different, <laughs> but it's also not romance. Are you sure? I think, I think. Um, But I mean, you're, yeah, you need to kind of look at, um, Look at kind of that big picture. You also need to think, um, like for you mentioned Instagram reels. I'm not a TikTok person, I don't particularly, you know, that's just not my thing. Plus, I don't need another thing to do <laughs> on my plane. Um, but the platforms that you are on, figure out what is going to be most effective on that specific platform. Mm-hmm. For example, for Instagram, I am on Instagram. I don't post a lot on there, but Instagram Instagram Reels is way more effective than just doing posts. Mhm. It yeah. just that's just how the Instagram algorithm is is set up. For perfect example, I released last month the print version of Change, the fifth book in my Finding in a Series. The book itself came out 2 years ago. Mhm, actually, two and a half years ago now um and but I had there had been some hiccups, and I didn't actually get the print version out, so I released the print version, so I went on and did a video and held up my my copy and was like it was just a simple video. It was like you know that it was gonna be you know that the print version was coming out next week, you know, make sure you get copy type of a thing, and um I had a longtime reader she's a huge fan of the series and she didn't realize that it would, it was out
0: Wow she had no
1: idea that the book had even came out she, she had read the first four books she owns all the four four first four books both in ebook and in print and my hair is going crazy <laughs> uh and my if you're watching on YouTube I literally have like strands of hair like twisting around my microphone uh, into my face but anyway um but she you know she owns ebook and print copies of all of the books in that series so big big fan and she had no idea that the book was out even though it had been out for over two years mm-hmm. um, and she wouldn't have known had I not done an Instagram reel
0: right exactly so I think so- that's that's a really good point too of like understanding how the different platforms work and where you want to concentrate your energy because we have a finite amount of energy so you can't you know dedicate a hundred percent to every single platform you will burn out and then you won't write um but figuring out like what so my platform back in the day used to be (laughs) twitter twitter was my biggest platform like i had the most followers on there i i had fostered a community i have friends from you know over a decade ago that i met through twitter that i still am friends with today it was it was my driving force and then all of a sudden that platform for me and the sales of my books kind of fell off and Mm -hmm. you know i joke that i fell into tiktok but it it didn't we have to know when something is working what's Mm -hmm. working and when something is now there's plenty of authors who Twitter still works for. And it works great for me personally. It just, I didn't, I, a couple things happened. I didn't find the platform as engaging and interesting anymore. The community had changed a lot from when I had first started and I was like, Mm -hmm not really as interested in that particular community anymore. So my feelings toward the platform change. And then of course the algorithmic changes that all platforms go through happened with Twitter. Right.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You, you've got it. There's also a good thing to go and look at. um, You can Google like what the demographics are Mm -hmm. for each plat, each social media platform. And that is a good thing to do would highly recommend doing it. Um, to see where, what demographics are using that platform and then tailoring your marketing strategy for that. For example, Twitter now, anyway, it may not have been years ago when you were having such success on it, but today there are more men on that platform than there are women. For if sure. You're writing romance, I'm not saying not be on the platform. I'm on the platform. I post a couple of times a week over there just to keep everything active, and uh, I have my Goodreads attra- attached to that. So when I finish, you know, if I mark a book as read on Goodreads, it'll put it a- over. So it keeps it active. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my contact information, my website, all that stuff is over there. So I have a presence, but I don't put a whole lot of energy into that.
0: Exactly. That's the um, same for me.
1: It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to when the vast majority of my readers who are women are not on there um, right I mean I would plus, imagine yours
0: are on Instagram
1: yeah Instagram and Facebook, Facebook. and I mm-hmm. only, and I say and and again it's kind of interesting because the Facebook for me actually is a fairly decent platform because my readers my even my female readers tend to skew older, older. yep um I don't I don't write YA I don't write new adults i write um more adult characters my youngest with the exception of my finding finding anna series um my characters tend to be 28 and older
0: mhm uh,
1: and i even have some characters that go up into their 40s and 50s so i have much more mature characters uh and they i don't tend to get into a lot of like over-the-top angsty uh <laughs> drama that's um
0: more teen drama
1: right teen right angst, well,
0: that ya I, feeling
1: right mm-hmm. well, one of my biggest pet peeves with um let's say romance older romance that's not indie because <laughs> indie is and he's actually moved away from this for the most part which i'm so glad um but the the basically the non-conversational conflict Mm -hmm. where you've got where somebody has been told that somebody has done something that the hero or heroine has done the miscommunication trope yeah the whole miscommunication trope yeah it's a bad one (laughs) drives me nuts it drives me nuts so um luckily with the evolution of indie the indie authors and indie books um, that's not as prevalent. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas when everything was traditionally published, that was huge. Harlequin, that was like a trope in like ninety nine percent of their <laughs> books. Okay, there's this right at the so, end. It was like this big miscommunication, and then as soon as they they came together and they talked to each other and actually, you know,
0: worked it out. Actually, worked,
1: <laughs> and then it was worked out in like two pages because it was such a simple. Misunderstanding or miscommunication—that it was just like, "Oh, everything's fine now. I love you. We're together. We're gonna have a happily ever after." It's like, "Mm, yeah, no, so funny. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I mean, knowing your being, knowing your tropes is also a really, really important marketing tool. I think we need to talk about
0: absolutely. Um,
1: Again, not even not just in knowing like when you're doing your blurbs, which again, very important to incorporate your tropes into your blurbs, but also knowing, knowing it when you're going in and doing your marketing mm-hmm. and how you're doing your marketing. Because like for me, I will be pushing the age gap, the mm-hmm. May to December romance, taking those categories when I'm uploading to the retailer's. Uh, when I'm making the teasers, those are going to be you know front and center um, with those keywords when I'm putting those those out there. Um, right. so that's all that's important too because you do have readers that are specifically looking for those types of books and you want to be able to find those right readers
0: and I think it's important too to understand who those readers are that are looking for those specific tropes, right? So it's not just only a matter of that your characters skew older and therefore your readers skew older. No, not necessarily. You Who is looking for that age gap romance, right? Who is the ideal reader in your mind who is, you know, typing in age gap romance and then sees 20 plus years, you know, most likely, you're right. That is going to be a reader who is um, not Gen Z. <laughs> no. Not Gen Z readers. Uh, no. so, so that's important too, is one, knowing your tropes and then knowing the readers that are looking for those tropes. In my case, my demographics skew a little all over the place just because um, I'm in sci-fi, which is tends to be a younger audience, but then I'm in super steamy, which actually tends to be Older audience, um, and then everything in between. So that's why I have Facebook, I have TikTok, I have Instagram, I have a couple of different platforms that I, I tend to right. um, be the most active on. But if I had to, you know, target my ideal reader, it has to be someone who, you know, likes faded mates because that's a big mm. trope in all of my books found family is a big trope in all of my books right so automatically when I say those things like a certain picture of a reader comes to mind like that Mm -hmm. person is then who that I'm talking to on the different platforms which I think is sometimes missed in marketing as well is it's not that you're ideally at the end of the day you want to sell a product and in our case we want to sell books but you're not selling the product the way that you know a car is salesman sells a car right you're not pushing it down the reader's throat you want to almost do it like you're talking to a friend like you're Mm -hmm. you're calling up your best friend and telling them about this amazing book that you read and oh my gosh it just happens to be yours right that's kind of the vibe that you want to give you want to have this this marketing that is um, organic and natural because as you were talking about you know Women in particular, we respond to more emotional content. We want to have the connection. We want to have the engagement. We don't want to have it, you know, shoved in our face, basically. So so that's another point, too, is how do you make that connection with your audience?
1: Right. And I think that leads us into newsletters and mailing lists, Mm -hmm. because that is the perfect place to connect with your readers and to build that emotional bond with them. Mm -hmm. Not only on a personal level where they get to know you, but you can introduce them to your story, start kind of leaving little nuggets of information. Um it's like, oh my goodness, I wrote this, you know, this crazy scene today. And, you know, sharing those little tidbits of information, sharing little teasers, building that relationship. And there's no better way to get the, get newsletter subscribers, get people to sign up your email list than to use little piece, little story tag, you know, little separate stories, extras Mm -hmm. that they can get by signing up for your newsletter after they've read one of your stories. So you actually don't, because they've already got that emotional connection with the story. They just finished your story and hopefully they absolutely loved it. They're emotionally invested. And so now you're saying, here, you want more? Mm -hmm. Sign up for my email list and you can get this extra bonus scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this bonus scene, this behind the scenes, this you could do anything, really, this artwork mm-hmm. um, of this, you know, of, of scene or so you can do whatever little extra you want, but you want some sort of a bonus that they can get for signing up for your newsletter. And so that you're you're adding to the connection and it kind of goes back to that. Um, what do they say, like, it takes somebody seeing something seven times right. or they think so. Think about it kind of in the same vein like your book is the first connection, then they're going to hit your sign up to sign up for your email list. And you're going to read another thing. It's the second connection. And in every email that you send to them, you need to continue that connection mm-hmm. to build that connection. Um, so how, how you, I know you're signed up for my newsletter. I am. So <laughs> what are some of the things that you, because you, you, as of somebody who's actually reads it, Uh, What are some of the things that you like or dislike from that? Let's do a kind of a political thing.
0: The things that I really like with with Sherry's newsletter is she uses her newsletter kind of in the way that I use my my reader group, Um, sharing like personal stories that you are not going to get anywhere else from her. About her day or about things that have gone on or about how she's feeling about her writing process or basically you get the behind the scenes look at Sherry so it feels like you know her on a more personal level than you would get on regular social media platforms, Mm -hmm. and that's the thing that I I adore about your newsletter it's like oh. How nice I get to see this story or I get to see this picture of you know of her animals or something like that, right? Or the it's-
1: mouse that invaded my <laughs> mailbox.
0: <laughs> the invasion of the mouse. <laughs> but, but that's that's something that you know builds that connection in a way that mm-hmm. is very personal. And so It's not just about, like, I'm not connecting necessarily with your books in that way, but I'm connecting with you as a person and as an author. And I'm therefore more invested when you're then selling me your story.
1: Right. Because people are more, if you're giving, if my rule of thumb has always been what you're sharing on your social media platforms should be different than what you are sharing with your newsletter subscribers. Yep. And if you are, On, If you decide to do Patreon or Subscribestar or one of the other subscription-type services, what you're providing them should be a step above what you're providing your newsletter subscribers because they're paying for that. Right. So you need to, again, that's kind of a, a marketing strategy that really you need to think about uh, before you ever launch that, um, I launched my Patreon two months ago, and with the goal of my Patreon subscribers get to read my stories as I write them. So I took, I went with that. I, I start got my start writing fan fiction. That's how I got my start. So I was used to writing a chapter and putting it up online, mm-hmm. you know. And back then, I didn't, I. I didn't have an editor. I didn't use, ed- you know, It because it was fan fiction. It right. wasn't getting published. Um, So I was just, that's just something that kind of, it didn't bother me. And I know in our little group, there was a couple of the girls was like, I couldn't do that. I could put up an unedited, uh, uh, an unedited voice. That's just, that's just, I would be too afraid. It doesn't bother me to do that. Um, But yeah, maybe my Patreon subscribers, if they sign up, there are levels where they actually get to see my story as I write it just like it would if it was fan fiction and then of course they will get the book yeah. uh either the ebook or paperback depending on what they sign up for um for free. plus I I'll put up there uh like if I if I include like an outfit a specific outfit that I'm you know um writing about that, that the hero or heroine's wearing usually mm-hmm. the heroine um I'll you know, I'll have wherever I found it at, whether it's on Pinterest or, you know, just whatever site I will link, I'll either link it or I'll Cute. post that picture on there. So they get to see that it's a visual representation. But again, that's stuff that that's an extra added bonus for them. I And again, another connection, another way to kind of put it in. Plus, it does give you some marketing dollars. Mm hmm because they are subscribing to you, they're supporting you in that way that you can then turn around and use for other marketing avenues. Now you have a Patreon as well. Mm -hmm. So how do you use your Patreon?
0: Well, it also gives you analytics, right? Because something that does well on your Patreon, you're like, oh, hmm, that did well here. Mm -hmm. If I use a version or a variation of this in other places, let's see how it does. And I think um, you're right. There's certain like levels of access and connection from your Patreon. And in my case, then my reader group, then my newsletter, and then my regular social media platforms. Um, I use my Patreon a lot for first looks. So they get the first look of everything and anything I do. Like, for example, I put out um, merch recently, which I'm super excited about. It's it's a running joke about alien pickles. You'll have to go check out my TikTok in order to see that. but. Um, But they were the first ones who got to see it, right? And then my reader group did, then my newsletter, et cetera, and so on from there. And then of course the public social media. So I think too is when you're thinking about making these connections, you have to have kind of a tiered system Mm -hmm. of, and also ask yourself, how much you're willing to show and how of your personal life, because of course you want to keep some things for yourself. For example, um, I do not show my husband on any social media platforms. Um, That's just something that we decided a while ago. Other people will happily show their their partners and that's no problem. So putting appropriate boundaries in place, I think is also important in terms of marketing because sometimes, you know, social media is social and there's, Sometimes we share too much online. So considering from a marketing perspective, what's right for you before you even start, like right from the beginning, like here's right. here's my lines that I'm not going to cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's the things that I am willing to share is also really important. But yeah, right. I, there's so many ways to do this.
1: There is, but like, I do think you, you, uh, you hit on a really good point there is that before you just jump in with both feet And just like, oh, I'm going to do all the things Mm -hmm. you need to really set up boundaries as to, okay, these are, let's say the five different marketing avenues I'm going to use. I'm going to use, you know, Facebook, Instagram, have a newsletter, a blog and Patreon. Mm -hmm. So those are my five main things I'm going to focus on. Okay. And But then you need to decide, okay, what type of stuff am I sharing on Patreon? What type of stuff am I sharing in my newsletter? What type of stuff am I posting on my blog? And then what kind of stuff am I posting on things? And they should not all be the same. Now, you can have some overlap, but they should not all be identical. Um, Unless the only exception might be Patreon. And it may be just like you're saying you you do first looks. Mm -hmm. So you get people who get, you know, they get it before anybody else so they get that early access, but it may not be stuff that you're not sharing with on other sites. They're just getting it early.
0: You still Um, should have exclusive stuff for Patreon. It shouldn't just be first look because otherwise, honestly, there's no reason for people to pay. So I do have exclusive stuff on there as Mm -hmm. well. Um, But a lot of it is like you get the behind the scenes Mm -hmm. first looks. Um, But yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, and also what we were talking about before with demographics, right? So let's say those were your five and then you were like, well, what about Twitter? What about TikTok, blah, blah, blah. You have to decide if that's worth your time putting on what I call, and this is only what I would, would call it, right? Is throwaway content, okay? Content that is more simplistic that you can have quick pictures or quick text that you're not investing a lot of time in. That's not to say it's not valuable and the readers won't enjoy it, but it's throwaway in the sense it's throwaway time it's things that you are not putting a lot of time into. So for example, I will post on Twitter, I will post on Facebook, I will post on Instagram, a static image with text. And I will vary the text slightly based on the platform, but I use later, which is a scheduling system so that I can post all at once on one platform. I don't have to go to each individual one and it, and it puts out content to all of those platforms. Now, my more engaging content, I will put on TikTok and I will use the TikToks on Instagram reels. I will put them in my stories on mm-hmm. Instagram. I will put them in my stories on Facebook. Then if I'm having one-on-one discussions, I'll do them on TikTok and I'll do them in my Facebook reader group. So that's where I have more of those personal conversations like Sherry is, is sharing in her newsletter. I do that in right. my reader group. Some people, right. for especially for a younger de- demographic, have Discord. I, for the Mm -hmm. life of me, cannot get into Discord. I just have have not thrived on that platform at all. But I know plenty of people who also use Discord for their reader groups or who have more interactions there. So again, it just really depends on what you want to do and where you want to spend your time. I discovered that Discord was not for me. And I tried it a couple of times and said, you know what? I can't invest this time that I need on this platform. So I'm not going to use this platform.
1: Yeah, the only thing I would say for me is a concrete must when it comes to marketing and this is a this is across the board it doesn't matter what genre you're you're writing is you must have an, an email list you must mm-hmm. because it is the only it is the only platform that you own and yep. quote unquote here I'm quote quotation with to own because I mean obviously you still have to host it through some to through someone however You do still own those emails, Mm -hmm. you know, those email addresses um, and the information that those readers have given you. Whereas, you know, Facebook could take down your page tomorrow. Instagram could lock you out tomorrow. Same with TikTok and Twitter and all of those things. They can all things. And even Patreon. Patreon Mm -hmm. has on occasion uh, been known to say, nope. You're, you're, We're, we're not going to allow you to be on our platform. We're going to lock you out and just, you know, disconnect your, you know, your account. So while those are all tools that you can use, you cannot be one hundred percent totally reliant on them. Which mm-hmm. is one of the reasons why, in my opinion, you do need to have at least five mm-hmm. yep.
0: different
1: things. And that's why I kind of was like, at least. And you can have yeah. more, but you need to have at least five because. You know, everybody plus readers have different access levels mm-hmm. where that they want to have connection with you. Um, some 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 of my readers, they even though they're fairly loyal, they don't want to be on my email list. they, yep. they just don't. Mm-hmm. They would much rather follow me on social media and just check my author page every once in a while, or follow me on Amazon or or what have you, just to just get those alerts when new releases come out. They don't want to, they don't want to know about my day or my week or, you know, my writing process or anything like that. They have no desire that they just want to know when a new book comes out. That's all yep. they want.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so, and I think um another good thing with a mailing list in general is because you do own access to that, you can decide what you want to do with it right if you mm-hmm. want to you can separate it out so even for the people that let's say just want access to new releases so sherry for yours you you could send out an email and be like hey um if you're done with me sharing my weekly stories and you just want access to my new releases check this box here and mm-hmm. you can push them to a sub list that just has that so you have a lot of control when it comes to your right. mailing list that you don't have on the other social media platforms um, exactly my, One piece of advice I would say is download your mailing list every so often from the platform, just in case we're not saying that, you know, the, the mailing platform that you choose to use is going to suddenly disappear, but just in case it does, if you have an, you know, an Excel sheet or a Google sheet or whatever, a list of, of your names and emails from your mailing list, then, then you have access to that Mm -hmm. and you can put it into another uh, service provider. So
1: right right exactly so yeah and and that's kind of goes with backing up just about everything oh gosh yes. um just <laughs> podcasts yeah. on backing up things <laughs> ha- have a have a backup to a backup to a backup um and i i say that ironically because um i had a uh here recently i actually had a um external hard drive crash on me
0: oh my god Oh my god!
1: Yeah, and I lost Fry. six years worth of invoices for our woodworking business. Oh, oh luckily my- it was just one client, like our oh. one of our our, our big repeat client that we do work for every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had uh, I kept the invoice from the previous week open on my on my desktop so mm-hmm. that I could just copy that and you know make the new week because everything would just carry over right well anything I had open on the external hard drive oh god I'm dying
0: inside any files just got
1: wiped (laughs) I was like oh no 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 so yeah um cloud I mean cloud storage but even still I mean I would still have a backup of the cloud storage
0: because my my levels of backup are insane well, yeah,
1: because the thing is, say you, say you, I mean, heaven forbid, say that you you would get laid off or, uh, your sales would go down so so much that you can't afford. Like you have to choose between paying, you know, seven bucks for, you know, say OneDrive versus you know being able to, I don't know, go to, you know, go get you know gas or something like that. Mm-hmm. Who knows, but um. Because where it comes where you have to literally make a bunch of cuts if you have to cancel that one drive you are you, you you no longer have access
0: yeah to your for books sure.
1: to your anything you've saved on there so you need yeah you need to kind of periodically back up your backups back up
0: everything back up the backups back up everything. <laughs> I think that is the the safest thing that we could possibly oh, leave you with on this podcast yes. marketing we kind of went a little all over the place didn't okay we? <laughs> it's okay we always go all over the place marketing I is know. about connections especially marketing romance you're connecting majority with a with a female audience and we like those you know emotional connections and back up your stuff
1: <laughs> yes kind of back up your stuff <laughs> definitely definitely um well, hopefully, every hopefully you have gotten some uh, good bits of information, uh, whether it was marketing or <laughs> or something else. We rambled on about through this podcast. Uh, we we you know we we try to keep it real here, uh, very real <laughs> on five <on laughs> books. Um. So, and we will be back uh, with two new hosts uh, next week. And until then, have a great week of writing. Bye, Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Bound By Books podcast. For more information about the show and all of our hosts, visit our website at www.boundbybookspodcast.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review.